0: And a junkie, I just dropped a lot, ayy And I dropped a lot, ayy And I dropped a lot, ayy Immediately throwing the towel, see? When it's different, it's different. Go position by position, ain't no issue. Commission as a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing, cause I'll be willing and dealing. If I meet a trade, cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy, and I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply, I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy, and I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply, I'm a junkie, ayy.
1: Hello everybody and welcome to episode 24 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts podcast network. I am your host, Rocky Petrella at Dynasty FF Addict, along with my co-host, as always, Dustin Church at Dynasty Junkie FF. And Dustin, how you, how you doing this week?
2: Uh, you know, I'm pretty pretty excited to be on here talking football. We got some uh, some great friends of ours joining the show today, so I'm just excited to to kind of sit back and see what they have to say. Um, Nick Nick Martinez, he's on on the show. He kind of brought some gifts to the show sheet today, so I'm just I'm just excited to sit back and talk <laughs> some football. What about you, Rocky? How you doing?
1: Doing pretty good, and yeah, we uh, we have a couple guests this week. Um, not necessarily uh, i was thinking we did back in the uh, old day early days of the trade addicts podcast uh, our our DAP network overlords dynasty outhouse and brian Har had me on and uh, we wanted to do something similar uh, at that time i didn't have a podcast or was doing anything and we wanted to get some guys that are pretty smart um not necessarily in the industry quote unquote so to speak but uh, wanted to hear what they had to say. So yeah, we have Nick, Nick Martinez. Nick, how you doing? You want to give your uh, Twitter handle and and just uh, let me know how you're doing.
3: Yeah, I'm doing good. the uh, The world is literally burning around me here in Napa, so it's <laughs> uh, nice to uh, escape and talk some football with you guys. And um, yeah, I've been playing for fantasy I think eight years now, so I'm uh, a little bit less more of a rookie um, than I'm sure than you guys. But uh, my Twitter handle is Nick Martinez Br. Um, and so I used to write for the Fantasy Footballers, uh, Dynasty Happy Hour, uh, Clock Dodgers. So um, I don't write for them anymore, but I still uh, spit bad fantasy takes on my Twitter handle. So that's where you find me. <laughs>
1: and, and we also have, and both of these guys are from from the best Trade Addicts League, Trade Addicts 3. We also have Jay. And I, Jay, I just realized that I'm not sure of what your last name is. I know it begins
4: with a T. You know that because I wrote uh, J. Exactly. Lee. Yeah. <laughs> Uh last name is uh Toll. Uh you can find me <laughs> on Twitter at at FF Briefcase. Uh I've never written for anybody that Nick has. Uh, but I can I, I'm able to write, so I do have that going for me.
1: <laughs> and yeah, uh,
2: where, where did the name FF Briefcase come from? Just I was just name. gonna
1: say that's one of my favorite I love that Twitter handle, FF Briefcase, like a regular briefcase, but for fantasy football. Yeah, it's uh <laughs>
4: I think it's a similar story as as some people have, where you just sort of come up with the the stupidest handle you can, (laughs) um, because it doesn't matter. Um, I I live in Maine. I I batted around FF Lobster, which may actually be stupider than FF Briefcase, (laughs) uh, but it's just not where I landed.
1: Okay, and we'll get into uh, where we always start, which is with our Fantasy Face-Off. Fantasy Face-Off. And we did it a little, a little slightly differently this week. Uh, we normally just do a one-on-one uh, this guy versus that guy. Um, but what we wanted to do, I wanted to do one with Josh Allen this week because he's, he's blown up in these first three games. So we wanted to talk about him on the show and wanted to compare him to, to see how high he may have moved up uh, compared to some of the other top quarterbacks. You know, there's certain guys he's definitely not up there with after three games like Mahomes and Lamar. And certain guys in the regions uh, he was going in, in, in startups, uh, you know, he's clearly ahead of guys like Wentz now. But we, we put him against two different guys this week. Um, the first one, which I think is, is maybe uh, less close, is, is Josh Allen versus Kyler Murray. Uh, we polled both of them, as we always do. And Kyler won the votes, 400 votes, 72 to 28 on Twitter. And uh, Nick, what do you think a Kyler versus Josh Allen at this point after the start Josh Allen has had?
3: Yeah, I, I think I agree with the poll. Um, I think Kyler, it's it's Kyler for me by a decent amount. Um, I mean, his ceiling is just insane to me. Um, he's already rushed for almost 200 yards, four rushing touchdowns. Uh, the one rushing touchdown again had against the Redskins, was just so much swagger he's just so much fun to watch um so he's on pace to outrush lamar last year uh they added hopkins who leads the league in receptions um so this one isn't particularly close for me uh kyler's ceiling in the offense he's in you know, is is why i prefer him over josh allen
1: and yeah i i agree with you i think i think he's still kyler kyler kyler's also been pretty good in these first three games jay you run kyler as well over josh allen at this point
4: Well, this is what makes me not particularly good at fantasy football. Uh, I would take Josh Allen because I like him a lot more. (laughs) And and if I'm going to sit and watch football all day Sunday, which I I will, I want to root for people I enjoy. And so I get the value of the whole thing. Um, uh, You know, who would I rather roster? I would rather roster Kyler. Who would I actually rather and like have Josh Allen.
1: Yeah. Well, and if you roster Kyler, you could probably trade him for Josh Allen plus,
4: which I would do in a heartbeat. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Bring in the full circle.
1: I would take Kyler. Like I said, I I agree. He's got the huge upside. The rushing numbers early on have been really good. Dustin, are you taking Kyler over Josh Allen? Yeah, but I'm right there with with Kyler as well. Okay. And we'll move on to the second one then, uh, which I think is a little closer. Uh, which would be Josh Allen versus Dak. And it did come out closer in the poll. Uh, 58% Dak, 42% Allen, 700 votes. Uh, Dustin, you, you agree with that one as well, or would you take Allen over Dak at this point? I'm somewhat
2: leaning towards Allen over Dak. I, I legitimately think that there's a good chance that Dak is gone next year and not in Dallas.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And like I lo- I love the offense that Dak has over Josh Allen. Like give me give me those Cowboys receivers and Zeke all day long over anything Josh Allen has. And Dak can run the ball just like Josh Allen can. But I if, if we're thinking long term dynasty, I don't know that Dak is really gonna be back in Dallas. It seems like you know, the comments Jerry Jones has made the last week about like, you know, Tony Romo would have won that game, but Dak couldn't against the Seahawks. Like just some of those comments that he's made. It makes it seem like they're not in a good situation, both of them. And with seeing how much money all the quarterbacks are getting right now, I don't know that Dallas can afford to keep Dak. And so the the future is what concerns me with, with Dak. I might go Josh Allen here um, for the long term. Um, he's he's uh, evolved and improved every single year in his passing statistics, and he's showing it again this year, so I don't see why he can't continue to improve. Um, they're really close. It's pretty much right down the middle for me. Um, this year, Dak, long-term Allen.
1: Yeah, and to your point, I mean, his his improvement in his passing stats this year is crazy. He's completing over 70% of his passes. He's never been over 60 before. He's not even running as much, the, I mean, at least for, for as much this year. He's only got, I think, 28 rushing yards per game through the first three games. Um, but the passing numbers—he's got a third of his career-high passing total so far in three games um, for a season. Um, but and so I do think it's closer. But I still think I would take Dak uh, mainly for what you said. I, I I I get what you're saying about Jerry Jones' comments, but I, I have a hard time seeing how they how they don't keep him. Um, and he, he, assuming he stays in Dallas, just. The weapons, are, they're ridiculous. It's it's so much better. And assuming they do re-sign him, he'll have long-term security as well. And He'll have long-term security anyway because if he doesn't stay in Dallas, someone's going to sign him to a five, six, seven, eight-year contract. Um, but, Jay, uh, you taking Dak or Josh Allen? Who, who you do, mean, do you like better? <laughs> I like Josh Allen better,
4: and I think I would prefer Josh Allen.
1: Even just from a production uh, standpoint? or from, or a, just, from a, I like him better standpoint.
4: <laughs> Well, kind of both. Uh, but going forward, I think, you know, Dustin mentioned he's worried Dak might leave and and part of me worries that Dak might stay. He's in a trash division, which over the next bunch of years will lead to a bunch of game scripts where they're just jamming it down Zeke because all the other teams in that division are on their way down. Sorry, Rock.
1: (laughs) I was just going to make (laughs) a comment.
4: But But, I mean, the, the future doesn't look bright for those other three teams. Um, You know and i buffalo will always have new england there and you know i mean i realize the jets and dolphins aren't exactly uh you know the toughest of opponents but yeah i think uh yeah i just give me josh allen
3: nick yeah, it's, uh, it's Dak for me. This new offense under Kellen Moore, um, they're, they're letting Dak cook, right? Everyone's talking about let Russ cook. They're letting Dak cook in Dallas. Um, I mean, he's first in pass completions, first in pass attempts, first in passing yards. Uh, this offense looks totally different than it did under Jason Garrett. Uh, I mean, this offense is actually attacking people and attacking on early downs. I mean, this year they lead the league on passing on first downs compared to almost last, last year in 2019. Uh, they're sixth in the league in passing on first and second down. Uh, they're the fastest-paced offense in the league. In neutral situations, they run the most plays per game. Um, the Falcons game is going to skew those numbers a little bit because they had played so much catch-up. Uh, but what I've seen under Kellen Moore so far and and them letting Dak throw to, you know, Coop and Gallup and CD um, if he stays in Dallas, like you guys were saying, that you know, somewhat of a concern there. But if he's in Dallas and this is the offense we're going to get, you know, for 16 games, it's definitely uh, Dak for me. It is closer. I do like Josh Allen. Um, but it is uh, still Dak for me.
1: Yeah, and especially for this year, uh, with how bad their defense has been. I mean, I think them uh, Seattle and Atlanta. You just want to start everybody in every every time those teams play between the the quality of the offenses and 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 the poorness of, of the defenses on those three teams. Um, so, I, I, like I said, I'm with you, but I guess I guess we're two two on that one. I think uh, Dustin took Josh as Josh Allen as well. So that one's a little closer, but we'll move on now to our Commissioner Corner. Commissioner Corner. And we wanted to talk about, obviously, one of the big stories this week is uh, COVID finally hitting the NFL. I'm kind of amazed we got through three weeks without it being a big issue. But uh, the Titans had some positive tests this week. And... uh, You know, they played the Vikings, so there were some issues there. It looks like they're going to start practicing again and then coming back to the facility on Thursday. So maybe not as much of an issue with the Vikings, but that Pittsburgh Titans game, uh, they've already said, is going to be probably Monday or Tuesday. But uh, an issue that we've seen, uh, you know, talked about on Twitter is that what if they schedule it for Monday or Tuesday, something happens as we go through the week, and that game actually gets moved to another week. And what do you do as a commissioner? So especially if guys have started, guys from Pittsburgh or Tennessee. So, Dustin, what do you, what do you think is the best way to handle it?
2: So the way I'm going to run it and handle in my leagues is something I've already set up in the leagues I've, I run. And I have a, a basically a form that I've created for all my leagues. Um, each week, the, each of the owners in the leagues has the option to send me backup players for every position and with that you know they if somebody late scratch because of COVID or whatever like I have their backup before games start that they that I can swap in I'm doing that same thing for for this game so if any of those players get moved to Monday and Tuesday and then they don't end up playing if, if the team has submitted their backup player then I'll be able to put that backup player in for them um, only if they give it to me before games have been played if they try to give me a backup player after the games are, are played, it's kind of you're out of luck at that point. Um, but I'm just doing the backup player route, and that's the way that I'm going to approach it. I saw Ryan, I think, tweeted that same thing. Um, and we were talking a little bit about that earlier, Rocky, and that was how I said I was going to approach it before Ryan said anything. I just think it's the, the only real way to protect you as a commissioner to allow that. Um, otherwise, you're going to be opening yourselves up to the – Commissioners trying to put in players last minute that have already played. No, it needs to be done before games are played. Um, Yeah, that's how that's how I'm running it. What about what about you, Rocky?
1: Yeah, agreed. I I definitely think that's one viable option and probably the best viable option. And like you said, it needs to be done beforehand. I, I think you need to put it on your message board to have it recorded before before the games are played. Uh, I think you can go past there as long as you're not subbing you, one of your you know backup players aren't in the Thursday game, you can go up till Saturday or Sunday with it, but I think you need to put it on your message board to make it easier to track. Uh, we did talk about it. the only thing I the only worry I have is like guys like me and you, we, we, I can miss like five, six leagues. It can be a pain in the ass to keep track of all of that and, and and sub all those guys in. I actually don't entirely have a problem. With if you just want to again, you need to be transparent with it and put it out there, you know, today or tomorrow, that if if you it's just sort of an at your own risk thing. It's sort of like uh, if a guy's questionable for Monday night, it's that kind of situation that you're risking that they might not play. I I don't have a problem with a commission doing that, um, but I definitely think if you can, especially if you're only commissioning one league, I definitely think the backup player option is probably the best way to go. Uh, Nick or Jay, you guys have any thoughts on this?
3: No, I am doing the backup route um, (laughs) as well. Um, So, no, nothing to add here.
4: Agree, nothing (laughs) to add. I I think it's the only option.
3: Okay, then we will move on
1: to uh, kind of rounding up week three and our Dynasty Strategy portion of the show. Dynasty Strategy. And to start off with, we're going to go over some of the injuries like we've done in the previous weeks. And, uh, the big one is, uh, Chris Godwin again. Uh, uh, going to, he had a concussion. Now he's got the hamstring, uh, no exact timetable, but he's going to be out multiple weeks. Uh, Nick, how do you see this playing out? What do you, who does this benefit in Tampa uh, with Chris Godwin out?
3: Yeah, for me, I think it's most notable, uh, for Gronk actually, after uh, everyone wrote him off for dead, um, this last, uh, you know, start of the season. Uh this past week he led the team in targets. Um he ran routes on sixty three percent of the dropbacks and he played ninety three percent of the snaps. Um so all good, encouraging signs, all season highs there. Um, you know, I mean this guy's been out of football. Could be just a couple games for him to just get back into the rhythm, back to the swing of things. Um, I think he could be viable. Um, you know, if I if I'm hurting at tight end, if I lost to Goddard, um, you know, or someone like that, and I you know, and it's just waivers. Um, you know, I'd try to seek out the Gronk owner and, and maybe, you know, I'd definitely trade a third, maybe even a second, um, depending on the premium. Uh, but for, for me, um, Gronk gets the biggest value um, push here.
1: And Jay, what do you, what do you think? Any, any uh, uptick for maybe like a Scotty Miller or, or someone else there? Do you like Evans a little more while Godwin's out?
4: Or I've turned down so many Evans trades in the last <laughs> two weeks, and now I have to go back and be like, well, (laughs) maybe, remember what I said? I I wasn't that serious about the whole thing. Uh, He's still pretty good. Um, But I think, you know, it obviously benefits Evans a ton. Uh, You know, Brady loves a a gritty receiver, so I think Miller does hold value. And maybe, just maybe, they'll start running the ball, and, you know, some carries will actually come to to Jones or Fournette, and they might actually be a a valuable start in there somewhere. Oh, Speaking of which, I
1: got an alert here. I don't know what's wrong with them, but it, uh, I got a alert that Leonard Fournette could be out for the Buccaneers on Sunday, it says. So, it's a little bit of breaking news there. Um, I, I, I'm hashtag never Rojo, but I guess it, it, if Fournette's not there, uh, he might be a little more viable this week just from volume. But, Dustin, you were going to say something?
2: I was going to talk about the Leonard Fournette uh, notification as well. Um, <laughs> I actually think this might be... I was listening to a late round podcast with JJ Zach reason on Monday. And I think this actually might benefit Justin Watson a little bit more because he plays uh, primarily at a spot, which is where Godwin was and the game that Godwin missed uh, Watson was on. I think he had like a 20% target share or something like that. Um, Obviously probably not what Godwin was getting, but he's, you know, kind of taking that Godwin role. I do like the Gronk call. I think, um, you know, now that Fournette's out and, Godwin that they're going to need pass catchers. So I like that, that Gronk call quite a bit, but um, Scotty Miller, he, he's too boomer bust for me. Um, I'm hoping that some of these targets go to Evans. Like he's had like three touchdowns from like three, uh, a yard and a half each or two yards each. Um, so I'm I'm waiting for his blow up game, but that's, um, I don't, outside of Evans, I don't really want to really start any of those receivers in any, anywhere.
1: Yeah, I think I think Russ uh, Dynasty Outhouse, had mentioned that in the last uh, the two games where Evans played with Watson, he has like three catches for four yards and three touchdowns. <laughs> so, so you got, and the one game he was with him, he went for a hundred or a hundred plus, I think. So maybe maybe he gets more targets just with no, with no Godwin there. And I agree with you on the Watson call. I like that. It's nice uh, a deep uh, deep guy to go. Over. He may probably is even available on some waiver wires depending on how deep your league is. And uh, the, another big one this past week, uh, not from name maybe, but but out for the year, Tariq Cohen, ACL. Uh, I'm the, I've never been the biggest David Montgomery fan, but I, I don't see how you can think this helps him. Uh, I don't know that he's the best pass catcher, but it's not like they have another obvious pass catching back there, maybe Cordero Patterson, uh, since he was originally a wide receiver. But uh, Dustin, what do you think of the Tariq injury?
2: Um, I don't It's really interesting that now Cohen's out And then full, right when Foles is coming in to to. See, I wanted to see how Cohen was going to go with, with Foles But I love this for David Montgomery I, I'm still a fan of David Montgomery And I think now we're going to like They don't have anybody else He's going to be on the field And he's going to be a full 3 on back And he can catch the ball So I'm excited I have quite a few Montgomery shares Just because he's been pretty cheap to buy and I think that we'll, like, he's not going to be a running back one, but I think he'll be a high-end running back two for the rest of the season. Um, this last week, he didn't look too well, but he looked pretty good in weeks one and two. And now without Cohen there, I think, you know, he's going to get all of that work. So I love it for, uh, for, uh, for uh, David Montgomery. And then from the passing game, I think it's – I think we'll see just more of those targets go to Anthony Miller. Hopefully, like, he can get those consistent targets now. I don't see anyone else, like Cordell Patterson or anyone else coming and being a, a factor. I think Montgomery's going to take Cohen's work, and then any of those passes will we'll get funneled to A-Rob or Anthony Miller, and that's probably what you're going to see from an offense standpoint. What do you think, Jay? What, what do you think about Montgomery and Cohen and that
4: whole injury? I ended up picking a ton of – Picking up a ton of Patterson um, because I didn't want to action anything else. I wasn't going to go out and trade for Montgomery. uh, And it just seemed like the easiest route to try to capitalize on something. But I I don't have high hopes for anybody else in that backfield. But I also don't like Montgomery enough to go out and actually acquire him.
1: Uh, I'm with you there, Jay. For me, he's he's a slightly more talented Ronald Jones. (laughs) <laughs> if he gets the volume he will get you some fantasy points but and he's gonna get the volume so i do like him more than than ronald jones in general but it's not a guy i'm looking to trade for uh, are you nick
3: um i think if i'm if i'm desperate um like i said i mean this is going to be kind of the year for you know put up or shut up for montgomery uh he won't be game script out of games now right you know so when the bears were neutral or or Ahead, you know, they leaned on Montgomery, but when they were behind, they'd go Cohen. Um, So it'll be nice to see him in a three down roll. Um, You know, I, at the right price, I would try to acquire some Montgomery, but also I'm not rushing out to go get him, kind of like you guys.
1: What would be the right price for you? Uh,
3: I mean, I'd probably trade a late first for him if I, if, you know, if I needed a running back, if I lost CMC or if I lost Barkley, I think, I think right around the late first.
1: Yeah, that'd be a little high for me. Dustin, would you do lay first?
2: Yeah, I'm I'm right in there in that seven to twelve range for for a pick, especially with all the injuries that have been happening at running back. Like we're only three weeks in. Like there's there could be more coming. Like um he's gonna get work for the rest of the year. And if I'm trading the pick in the seven to twelve range, most likely it's because uh, I'm in the playoffs and I'm a contender and I'm gonna need that body. And like I was saying all offseason, like this is the year that I want depth. So I'm fine sending that that late first for, for Montgomery. Um, I don't know that you'll be able to buy him right now because everyone's going to be in on him with, with Cohen's injury. But I would definitely pay the late first, mid to late.
1: Okay, and going on to the, the next one on the injury list here. Uh, not as bad as last week, but we still got a couple more. Uh, Dallas Goddard. A uh, fractured ankle, gonna miss some time, quote unquote. Didn't give a give a timetable, but he was put on IR, so he's gonna be out at least the next three weeks. Uh, as the resident Eagle fan, I guess I'll comment on this first. Uh, I definitely think it it it's uh, arrow pointing up for Ertz. Uh, we're already kind of back to to the end of last year, where everybody's getting hurt around him, and Ertz is there to gobble up the targets. We al- already saw it a bit last week. Uh, He went seven for 70 um, with, uh, you know, Goddard getting hurt early and uh, Deshaun being in and out. And uh, he's the biggest beneficiary to me. Uh, I I thought it was very interesting that they picked up and they they put it in the the, uh, press release as tight end Akeem Butler. He kind of interests me a little bit as a deep stash, but. Uh, Jay, what do you think uh, about the Goddard injury? You, uh, does it make you any more interested in Ertz? I know a lot of people aren't looking to buy him because he's older and and uh, declining value and all that. But what do you think?
4: It hasn't moved me much on Ertz, but it did make me look more into to Alshon Jeffrey, which is something I never want to do.
3: Um, <laughs>
4: but uh, you know, he's back at practice. He's eventually going to make his way to the the field for a number of games. And he's a, you know, he's a guy on the Eagles uh, who's going to line up outside. So, I mean, he's, he's got to be all right, you know.
1: Yeah. Um, I also like uh, – he did blow up last week too. Greg Ward a little bit. I've been, he's been on waivers in a lot of my leagues, and I've been grabbing him just in case. Uh, he definitely saw an uptick after – at least last week with Goddard out. And, and you know, Alshon's still out and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but Nick, uh, Nick, with his copious notes on the show sheet, had, had stuff to say on here. So, so Nick, what, what do you got to say on Earth, Scott, Ward, all that stuff?
3: Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm most excited about Miles Sanders, actually, given this whole situation. Um, I mean, they had already given him the workhorse role um, that it looks like everyone was saying that he wouldn't get. Um, in his debut, he handled 83% of the eagle rushes and then 17% of the targets. Um, he had eight targets last week. He only caught a couple passes. Wentz just overthrew him on a wide open. I think it was a 50-yard pass. He was lined up wide um, when he beat the defender, which is great to see that it wasn't, you know, kind of one of those cheap wheel routes. Um, so I'm really excited for to to hopefully see a bump for Sanders. Um, you know, his air yards are so great. Um he's sixth in or excuse me, he's fourth in air air yards um for running back since 2019. So he's already sixth in running back routes and he already missed week one. So um, I'm excited for the Miles Sanders show.
1: Yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, I was a little worried about Sanders' uh, usage coming into the season because of just Doug's history, but yeah, I I think he's, just in general, uh, going to get you know the majority of the touches, and with the, all the receiving options, that, that's the same thing that also happened last year. It was an uptick for us, but it was also an uptick for Sanders in the receiving game when they lost everybody towards the end of last year. Uh, But going on to the last injury we're going to talk about, which is uh, Michael Pittman is out until at least week eight. Another one we talked about last week was uh, Paris Campbell. That was kind of a bummer, and we thought it might be an uptick for Pittman. So now this is kind of a bummer. But uh, uh, I I guess I could see maybe an uptick for for T.Y. Um, I mean, he has not been really good so far, um, but they're they're losing options left and right. Uh, Doyle hasn't done much, even when healthy. Uh, Dustin, what do you think? Does uh, this, this, this maybe help T.Y. a little?
2: I think it'll help T.Y., but the guy that I want and I talked about last week as the deep stash is, is Zach Paschal. Like Zach Paschal, like last year when all the injuries, he was putting up big games and he was being a consistent con- consistent producer, and he's kind of like that Greg Ward type. like Nobody wants him, but like, he's going to produce when he's on the field and being out there. Um, I think Pascal, like will have some flex-worthy uh, weeks coming up uh, with Campbell and Pittman both injured. Um, but I, I think that they're going to try to give what they can to T.Y. I just don't know that T.Y. can handle it. Um, so I, I, I do see T.Y. producing a little bit better than he has the last couple of weeks. But I actually think Pascal will be the biggest beneficiary. And I actually think that we'll start seeing more of an uptick with, uh, with Hines now. Um, we saw week one, Heinz got a lot of work, but he can, he can catch the ball. He's a great pass catcher that I think we'll see some more Hines like lining up, um, or catching the balls out of the backfield and just keeping JT as that pounder, like JT and Wilkins, uh, running the ball and then uh, uh, having Hines out there catching some passes. So I think Hilton may be a little uptick, but Pascal and Hines for me.
1: Yeah, and with what you said, uh, he actually – I mean, they didn't pass a lot because they were up so big, but Hines actually led the team in targets uh, in this past game. Uh, Nick, what do you think?
3: Yeah, I agree with Dustin. I'm actually a big Pascal fan. I mean, he played 93% of snaps last week, which is huge. Uh, T.Y. Hilton is my highest-owned receiver this year, so I am, like, so close to taking the L on that, and then something happens, and it just brings me right back in uh, – these last two weeks, the Colts have been up early um, and big, so they haven't needed TY to play a lot of snaps. So he's played less than 60% of the snaps. Uh, but he did get nine targets week one in that competitive game with Jacksonville. Um, so I hope it's just the game script um, because I love TY so much. Um, but, you know, there's, there's no defeating father time, so um, it might just be it for him.
1: Yeah, T.Y. is a tough one. Yeah, I and mean, he's a guy you you can't even move right now. So if, if you have him, you just got to hope this is an uptick for him at this point. So uh, that finishes up the injuries we have this week. And uh, moving on to some of the other topics we wanted to talk about. Uh, we talked about this guy in week one when we went over some of the rookie running backs. But James Robinson the last two weeks, I think, has probably performed even better than he did in week one. And he's uh, kind of a Twitter darling right now. So Jay, is, is James Robinson for real, and is he worth a first-round
4: pick? Uh, this year, I think he is for real. I think he's worth a first-round pick, but I have no interest in giving a first-round pick for him. Uh, which means I just won't get him. Uh, you know, uh, I understand where his value is and the volume he's going to see, even when the other two guys come back. But I, I just don't have interest in trying to project the, the long-term guys that are going to be there in Jacksonville.
1: And I, I agree with you there. I, I think he's probably worth it. For, I mean, I don't see, I would not sell him for less. I, unfortunately, I don't own any
4: James Robinson
1: anywhere, but I wouldn't sell him for less than a first. Um, I said, I think on this pot a couple of weeks ago, you know, I would sell him for a second. If you could get that, because I was worried about uh, right Bell coming back and and Zigbo and that they might split it and, but I didn't expect him to keep performing this well, or, or especially in that offense. They've still only been so selling offense, but he's been great. Uh, Nick, what are your thoughts on James Robinson uh, going forward?
3: Yeah, I think James Robinson is for real. I would uh, take Jay Robinson from you guys for a first, for sure. Um, I mean, the guys handled 91% of Jacksonville's carries. Uh, I mean, he's the fifth highest scoring PPR running back right now. Um, so, you know, only behind Kamara, Aaron Jones, Zeke, and Dalvin. He's got a cake schedule coming up. He's got Cincy, Houston twice, Detroit, um, the the Chargers. Um, I think really Chris Thompson's the only thing holding him back from really being unleashed and getting all that receiving work and becoming that all-encompassing workhorse back that we like. And if I had to bet on Chris Thompson's health, um, I would bet that he would not, you know, play 16 games. Um, so he can. He had four receiving missed tackles last week, so we know he can catch the ball. We know he's good in space. Um, so. All if all it takes is a Chris Thompson injury for him to be, you know, completely unleashed. I'm 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 all in.
2: Yeah, I'm right there with you. Like and kind of with you and kind of with Jay as well. Like I just don't know what the long like I'm I look at it, it all like dynasty perspective. I, I just don't know what that Jacksonville team is gonna be after this year. I don't know they're gonna bring somebody else in. Like they're gonna have ton of cap space. They're gonna have money to spend. No, Aaron Jones hasn't. Did Aaron Jones sign his contract? I don't think he did. So, Aaron Jones will be out there. Like, there's going to be some free agent running backs out there. They're going to have money. They're going to have an early pick. Like, they have a ton of picks, too. Like, so I just don't know that James Robinson's going to have that opportunity um, next year. Um, If I had any shares of him, I would definitely sell him for a first, but
1: I I wouldn't pay a first for him. Right. And that's where I'm at, too. But moving on, we got another topic we want to talk about here, which was that. What are we doing with some of the underachievers so far this year? Uh, one of the ones I wanted to, to bring up, and I hate to say it, is uh, Carson Wentz. <laughs> Especially in Super Flex Leagues. So, uh, as an Eagles fan, I've gotten to watch him every week. And there's definitely excuses to be made there. The offensive line has not been good. Uh, the The... the Game two, he, they were not so bad. One and three, they were awful. And as we've mentioned, they've gotten weapon, they've got weapons going down left and right. Um, but but he has not been good, uh, just in general. I, I saw a stat. Uh, I think PFF uh, put it out that he's got the worst passer rating in football in a clean pocket. He's just in missing throws, even when he's had the time. I'm a little worried about Carson Wentz, uh, Jay. What do you think? Are you selling Carson Wentz at this point? Are you holding just because his value is now probably at an all-time low? What do you think?
4: I think you have to hold right now. You know, I mean, he's – the team's in a tough spot. He's going to – he'll rebound, put together some some decent games, and then I would sell him. Um, but there's certainly no point in doing it now.
1: I agree. And, then Nick, what, what do you think his value is at this point? Um, like – I, I, I actually uh, I have a, a trade offer sitting out there in a league where I have I have Wentz and uh, I have three other quarterbacks although one of them's Foles and I was offered a first and a second. Would you sell him for a first and a second?
3: I'd probably sell him for a first and a second. I feel like his value probably right now is around a late first, um, you know, without the the extra second in there. Um, so if I can get more than a first, I'm probably selling. Um, but if if someone's offering, you know, just just a late first or, you know, even less than that, it it would definitely I'd have to um, think about it. But I'm with Jay. I think you kind of just have to keep him, especially where his value was.
1: Agree. And I, I think I, I mean, I do think he's going to rebound. I don't think he can keep being this. Bad. I mean, we've seen it uh, the last uh, the first four years of his career. He's. He, I'm not sure what the hell's going on right now. I don't know if it's just a confidence thing or an injury thing. Just you know, the last couple of years, rebounding from injuries, and he's just not his normal self. But uh, I, I think you have to hold and and hope that, like, like Jay said, uh, when he has a, a good game or two, um, maybe you can sell him. Then, uh, as much as that pains me to say, I'm uh, I, I used to vigorously. Uh, argue with people that he was uh, as good, if not better than Dak, And, and that's just a, a, a ridiculous argument at this point. <laughs> so um, Dustin, uh, one of the other guys we have on here is uh, Joe Mixon. So what are we doing with Joe Mixon right now? I mean, he's, I, I love the talent. Uh, I'm just worried. He's just never, uh, we, I think if he was, if he was a chief, he'd, he'd be like a top five running back, but is that situation ever going to improve, and it, what are we doing with him?
2: I still love Mixon, and I think I think better days are coming. He did this last year. He's better now this year than he was at the beginning of last year. I think by the end of the year, he's going to get his, and like obviously that's not helping you win games now. Um, he's still getting his carries. I just That line's really bad. And I think it's still taking them a little while to like they're behind early, so we're having to see Burrow pass so much that it's not giving you know mixing the the, the right game script. But yeah, he's the type of guy like he and he says it, he he builds with it. as more carries, the more effective he is. And I think he's the type of guy that's just going to need a positive grain game scripts to, to be effective and to keep going. And he just hasn't got that yet. I think once that team meshes a little bit more and gets a little bit more, a couple more weeks into the season, we'll start seeing, um, seeing him be effective. I just, I love the talent there. And you, you can't sell him now because this is now two seasons. He started slow. So I'm, I'm holding Mixon. Um, but I may like with how much I love him, like if he has a couple of big games that people are back, I may just move on to be, be done with him. just because like, if he ends as a top 10, he still was inconsistent along the way and that's not going to help you win games. So I'll hold him for now. Starts producing. I'll sell him, um, hopefully and, and probably get out. I've just, I'm done with the roller coaster.
1: I definitely hear that. And Jay, are you uh, are you out on mixing at this point, or or are you looking at it like uh, like he's going to you know improve in the second half like he did last year?
4: Yeah, I mean, it's, this is who he is. He's not. He's that team's always going to be bad. They're always going to need to throw because they're behind. You know, I actually I had a slight sort of freak out this week when he was still bad. And I thought, you know, why don't I just, just sell them, get out from under them? But now I actually think I might go out and try to buy them because people like me are so, you know, you have that emotional screw you moment. So I, I think if his price is as low as I was willing to sell him for Monday, uh, I'll go buy him. And uh,
1: the third guy we have on our, our little underachiever list here is uh, OBJ. Uh Nick what do you think I, I was I was so hoping for the bounce back uh, Baker's actually looked good the last couple weeks OBJ had a decent week two with a touchdown but uh, uh, another kind of down week three uh, can you see better times ahead or is it time to get out on him as well
3: Um, I don't think there's better days ahead um, unfortunately I just don't think the passing volume is going to be there for him to like really explode and be the OBJ he was his rookie year um, we've seen how the Browns win games. It's grinding the ball with Chubb and Hunt, getting ahead early. You know, taking the ball out of Baker's hands. Um, you know, I mean, OBJ—he's still getting 29% of the team target share, but he's 27th in the league in pass attempts. So I don't see the volume there for OBJ to exploding to be that wide receiver one, which sucks because I love the talent of OBJ. I love watching OBJ, uh, but I'm not super optimistic about him bouncing back.
1: And Dustin, are you there right there with Nick? Uh, no OBJ bounce back.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm done. I actually just um, sold OBJ. I think Monday. I, I just, I'm done. I'm out. I, he doesn't seem to be too interested in, in really much. He's talked, he, there was a, a blurb about him a couple weeks ago that he doesn't think he's going to have a big year. He just doesn't seem that motivated to do it. So, I made a deal to get out from him, and and I was happy with it, and I'm not looking back. I think he'll still have some some big games here or there, like if the Browns are down, but they're they're going to run the ball. They don't want to put it in Baker's hands, and that's just how they're going to be. And I just don't want any any part of him. I'm out. Dustin, what was the deal? Um, it was actually a pretty good deal, so it's hard for me to say like, oh yeah, I'm like out because I traded. Um, I'm pulling it up right now. I gave up Sony Michelle, Zach Moss, and Odell Beckham for Melvin Gordon, Cooper Cup. I'd be out for
4: that. He's yeah, Melvin,
2: yeah, he's I all name named at cup this point. OBJ pretty close, and um, I got uh, Melvin Gordon for Michelle and, and Zach Moss. So um, it was a pretty easy deal to to make, but I probably would have done it for less.
1: And yeah, I would probably be out on at that point as well. I would do that. And I kind of agree with Jay said, he's kind of, he's kind of all name at this point. We've been waiting forever ever, since he's been in Cleveland. It's just been maybe not a disaster, but, but definitely not what we were hoping for. Uh, Going, moving forward though, uh, the Rams backfield, Uh, you know, we had Malcolm Brown week one and then Daryl Henderson, the last two weeks, Cam Akers has been banged up. Uh, Dustin, do, what do you think of Daryl Henderson? I actually uh you may have saw I just uh, a move, made a move for him in in one of our leagues together. Uh, I believe it was a uh, Preston Williams and a 2022 second and third uh for Henderson in a fourth. So, I'm kind of buying in a little. It's as a point per carry league as well, which helps. Uh what do you think of Henderson? Is it can is he going to hold off Acres? Does Acres just make this a muddy backfield all around when he comes back? What do you think?
2: I do think he's looked really good the last couple last two weeks, but I think once Akers comes back, it's just going to be a muddy situation. I I think Akers is still going to be involved, and and Malcolm Brown still, he still always lurks around and is just kind of there. I think it's going to be more of a muddy situation when they come back. Um, I don't hate the deal for you in that league specifically. Like It's hard to get running backs, and the the, uh, scoring is so skewed towards running backs that that deal makes sense, but I'm I, I just think it's just going to be a murky backfield and I don't really want any part of it. I don't know that there's going to be one guy that you can start consistently. Sean McVay's is the type of coach that like he's just going to scheme and game plan certain certain players and that's what he's going to do. And I think we'll see games where Henderson's the guy and then games where he's got three or four carries and Malcolm Brown's the guy like that's just what we're going to see and and with the Rams and um, I your deal is fine. Like, but I'm not paying a lot to get Henderson.
1: Uh, And yeah, I'm with you there. I I mean, I don't feel like I paid that much for him. I mean, Preston hasn't, hasn't shown that much so far this year in 2022 picks, you know, whatever. Uh, But uh, Jay, do you, do you think Henderson could be the real deal or is it like Dustin said, just uh, it's going to be a mess once acres is healthy?
4: i think i think it's a mess i think if you own acres or henderson you're just holding them and you're not really able to start them until one of the other ones misses time uh so it's it's hard to feel confident in in owning either either guy and if you know and if you own brown you you'll never feel good about starting him so it's a bit of a a tricky situation there i think
1: yeah i agree with you there and like i said i did make the deal for henderson but uh, I'm kind of short on running backs in that league, so I figured it was worth the gamble with the 2022 picks and and, and a lower-end wide receiver in a league where receivers are pretty devalued. Um, one other topic we'll go on before we get to find me a trade, which is uh, the rookie wide receiver showing out a little bit this week. Uh, we had Brandon Ayuk go for five for uh, 70 and also had three rushes for 31 in TD. Uh, Justin Jefferson at seven for 175 and a touchdown. And, and dynasty outhouses, boy, T Higgins, five for 40 and two touchdowns. Uh, Nick, uh, what do you think on, on, on the, uh, whichever one of these guys you want to talk about? Uh, maybe all three. Uh, are you uh, looking to buy any of these guys, uh, which uh, I mean, I think Justin Jefferson is, is Jefferson is probably the one we most expected this from. Um, I'm not really too, I've never been too high on Ayuk and I worry with Kittle and Debo back. We're not going to see a lot of that, but, but what do you think on these guys?
3: Yeah, I think starting with Ayuk, um, I think when Debo's back, he's going to kind of take play second fiddle again. Um, the Niners used, uh, Ayuk a lot like they use Debo. And so I think Debo is going to just hop right back into that role. Um, and, uh, for me, I feel like Higgins had the biggest value boost this week. Um, you know, he had 150 air yards this week, you know, fifth most in the league. Um, I, you know, he, he looked good. And if, if AJ Green's done and his air yards are up for grab, um, you know, Higgins could really take off this year. Um, and for, for Jefferson, just real quick, we knew he was good. Like we knew this was going to happen. So um, it's just great to see it actually translate to the NFL.
1: Yeah, and uh, like you said, I think uh, Higgins could be taking over that uh, AJ Green role. Uh, I think he was second on the team in targets this week. Higgins was with uh, nine. Uh, Dustin, uh, are you uh, interested in Higgins? Do you think he, he overtakes AJ Green going forward? Is AJ Green washed. What do you wh- what do you see with the Cincinnati wide receivers?
2: I love Higgins. I, I actually didn't think Higgins was going to be really a thing until year two when AJ Green is gone. I do think that AJ Green will have some better games coming. Like He hasn't played for almost a year and a half, like a little longer than a year and a half um, before the season. So I think he's still getting back into football shape. He is older, so it's going to take him a little more time. Like I think he's still getting a lot of targets, so I think that AJ Green will have some better games coming. But it is exciting to see that um, Burrow is trusting Higgins so much already. Like, they're 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 those two are the future in Cincinnati. Like, we don't know when how long Boy's going to be there. AJ Green's gone after this year. I don't think there's any way he's back. So, like, there is a lot of hype and a lot of uh, potential with Higgins. So, I think that, you know, he's still going to get his. And Burrow and him are going to try to develop that chemistry now when they're not competing so that, you know, going into next year, it's just – Higgins is the guy. Um, so I love Higgins. Um, I'm right there with um, what Nick said on Jefferson. We all knew that was going to happen. I think he's going to be as good as Kirk Cousins is. So if Kirk Cousins doesn't have a good game, he's not going to have a good game. Um, that's just how that that team is going to run. Like we've seen, like he hasn't really done anything until this week because Kirk Cousins has been terrible. And it's just going to, I think it's going to be up and down with him all season as well. He's a rookie receiver. Um but he looked really good um this last week so i'm really excited about it but that wasn't surprising um and i actually i like Ayuk. you um you know they took him in the first which is saying a lot for them to, to take um take him in the first i think that he's going to be involved he is like i'm deep when Debo comes back like i think he'll still get his but i don't see why they can't have both and so i Like, I think, you know, you'll have Ayuk being a wide receiver three for us this season. And and that's fine. Like, he's, you know, most of the leagues that we're in, Rocky, like, we start 10, 11 guys. Like, you're going to need those wide receiver threes and fours. And I think Ayuk fits that perfectly. Like, I'm not expecting him to go out and be a wide receiver one or two, but my, my three or four, I'm happy with that.
1: Yeah, you may be right. I just, I worry about the, I don't think they're going to have a high passing volume in San Fran. And when Debo's back, it's, I think it's just going to be the Kittle and Debo show. And as, as Nick mentioned, uh, they used Iooka a little bit, like they're going to use Debo. They gave him a few, uh, uh, rushes, uh, out of the backfield. Well, not out of the backfield, but as a wide receiver, they gave him three rushes for 31 yards. And that's kind of the thing they like to do with Debo. So that, that will take away from that as well. And, uh, I guess, Jay, just any uh, your thoughts, Jefferson, maybe like, what do you think? Do you think he can be a viable starter the rest of the year? Uh, Given this game, we didn't do much those first two games. He was not a guy you wanted to start in those first two games, Um, but they don't have a lot else in Minnesota. So what do you think?
4: My my worry is that he's a, you know, a wide out on a run first offense and he's the wide receiver too. And Kirk Cousins (laughs) is not very good. Uh it's on paper it's it's a tough one to swallow, but I mean he's obviously incredibly talented. you know, uh I think if if you have him, you're excited and if you're not, you're not gonna go get him. if you don't have him you're not about to go get him now. so you know, give it a couple games, see how everything plays out.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. and uh so that that finishes up our dynasty strategy portion. We'll move on to find me a trade. Find me a trade. And this week, uh, our Find Me a Trade was submitted by Zach Black uh, at Black on Twitter. Uh, it's a 12-team super flex league, uh, 0.5 points per carry, 1.5 tight end premium, 25-man roster, plus 5 taxi, and uh, start 12 Uh, QB, two running backs, two wide receivers, tight end, five flex plus the super flex. And Zach tells us it was a startup this year. Uh, He thinks he's kind of in the middle, which uh, I kind of agree with looking at the roster. Uh, He says he he has his strengths and weaknesses. He he traded his first next year for Judy to help shore up his receivers and trade his second next year. Uh, to get Cam Newton, who he flipped when he signed in New England for Marquise Brown. And just going over his roster, he's kind of uh, – he's pretty good at quarterback. He's got Burrow, Mahomes, uh, Tannehill, and Herbert. So he's very solid at quarterback in Superflex League. But his wide receivers and running backs are, are kind of weak. Uh, he's got Fournette, uh, Melvin Gordon, Devontae Freeman, Malcolm Brown, Sony Michelle, Phillip Lindsay, a couple other guys. Uh, a wide receiver – No real studs, some decent players, some young guys. Jerry Judy, Marquise Brown, Corey Davis, uh, Anthony Miller. He does have Edelman, and he has Rager and Campbell, who are both hurt right now, as well as Russell Gage. And then a tight end, he's pretty solid there as well. Kittle, Henry, Gesicki, Johnnie Smith. Uh, And as he said, he doesn't have his first or second. So, Dustin, you want to get into – we kind of came up with this trade. Uh, Do you want to get into our trade first?
2: Yeah, so looking at his roster, I don't really see him in the middle. Um, his quarterbacks will carry him, but I, I don't really like the rest of his roster very much. I mean, I like his tight ends, but his running backs and his and his um, wide receivers, I don't really like very much. They have some upside for the future at, at wide receiver, but in a .5 per carry, that's huge, and he doesn't really have any of those those running backs. I think he needs to get picks, and he needs to try to rebuild through the draft. So, and like you mentioned, he has four um, quarterbacks right now. So, my trade was trading Tannehill to Brother Matt for his 2021 first and second. Plus, maybe a small piece in Van Jefferson. I don't know that you be able to get the small piece. Um, if you can just get the first and second for Tannehill, I think that's great. Um, it makes sense for brother Matt because he has Haskins as his number two quarterback with no number three. And there's already been rumors that Haskins might not stay the starter. So that guy, that team is two and one right now. He's rank, He's up there in the top four in the league. And so he needs that another a quarterback for him to stay effective. So getting his 21-21st and twenty-one second 2nd for Tannehill, who you'll never start and you have Herbert behind him, makes a lot of sense. Um, I think he, you just need to get as many picks as possible and, and rebuild through the draft. Um, yeah, so that, that, was, that was our thoughts. Um, send, send Tannehill for – you might only be able to get the first, like, Van for him. I would still do that deal. But I'll try to get the first and second instead of Van Jefferson if, if possible. If you have to send a third or fourth back, that's not going to hurt you. Um, you know, third and fourth to get deals done. So, you know, send, send that a little bit to sweeten it. And I think it's a deal you can get done and it, and it makes sense for both your guys' rosters.
1: Yeah. I liked that a lot when you, when you came up with that one for the exact reason you said, I, I don't think he's going to win anything this year. He's got some nice pieces, but they're definitely it's kind of a youthful team and it's a team he's going to need to grow. So, uh, getting the picks makes sense. Uh, Nick, you want to get into your trade?
3: Yeah, sure. Be the uh, breaking Fournette news is going to really throw a wrench in my trade here. But um, <laughs> that, was, that was after Jay stole my trade too. So <laughs> I'm uh, so my trade was um, with Shunk, um, and it was sending Burrow, Melvin Gordon, Leonard Fournette for Tua and AJ Brown. Um, I don't know if you can actually get this done in real life. Like on the calculator, the Burrow side is up. 300 points. Um, So I didn't feel great about it. But, um, you know, my thinking behind the Burrow for Tua is, um, you know, he has Mahomes, he has Tannehill. Um, He can wait on Tua for a year as he goes into a rebuild. Um, I think Tua is going to be just as good, if not as, you know, better than uh, Burrow. Um, So taking advantage of kind of that value that Burrow is actually producing right now. um, And Tua is going to take a little bit of time to actually start. And then it gets A.J. Brown, that, you know, wide receiver one stud that he can hold on to his team, you know, for hopefully the next six, seven years. Um, I'm hoping to take advantage of two and not starting and then also the A.J. Brown um, injury. Um, I felt like the, the trade made sense for the other team. Um, Shunk, uh, he's two and one with fourth in points, uh, but he has no running back depth. He essentially only has Eckler and James Robinson. Um, so he adds Mel Go, he uh, Melvin Gordon. He adds Fournette. Um, and then he's. Also getting a QB three in Burrow, who, which he can start. So I'm pretty sure he had Big Ben and um, another starting quarterback and then Tua. So he gets a third QB that he can start this year. Um, right now he's starting Herndon and carry on, So turning that into Melvin Gordon and Fournette um, is a nice boost to his lineup as well. So that was kind of my thinking. Um, obviously with the Fortnett news, it might um, not work. But uh, basically my main goal of this trade was to take advantage of the Burrow slash Tua. Um, value difference.
1: Yeah, and the other guy he has is Josh Allen, who we talked about earlier. So yeah, definitely he's got two solid guys, but it doesn't hurt to have a third, especially and he's got two, so he's 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 trading him for a young guy. And uh just in addition, I like the trade that you came up with. Like you said, the Fortnite news maybe affects it a little. But um this guy's definitely competing. But he also and AJ Brown can be a tough guy to acquire, but uh, the guy you're trading him to has also DJ Moore, Stefan Diggs, Devontae Parker, Michael Gallup. So if a guy, if anybody, especially with AJ Brown not scoring a points might right now, it's probably a little easier to obtain them. So I like this one as well. Uh, Jay, want to get into your trade?
4: Yeah. So, you know, when I, I first read everything over, you know, he said he was in the middle of the pack. So, my first inclination was if he could trade Mahomes for a haul, you know, he might be able to really contend. And I didn't see another team that was in a place to contend and needed Mahomes. I guess everybody needs Mahomes, but you know what I mean? Uh, so, then my, my reaction was to find a team in the league that's 3 and 0, that has a terrible point total to sort of make that decision for them that what they need to do is make a run for it this year because they're off to a good start. I didn't find anything there either, which leads me to my trade. Uh, Julian Edelman, Melvin Gordon, and Fournette to team Buck Jordan for DeAndre Swift in a 21 first. Uh, he just doesn't have the the running backs to compete. Uh, and I actually would really like his team if he had 21 picks, You know, if he had – If he had a first and a second, which he traded away to make his team better, but he's also has, you know, two running backs that I mean, frankly, Melvin Gordon and Fournette never held proper value in Dynasty anyway, but whatever value they had went away a couple years ago. Uh, you know, and Swift gives him an option and he gets a first back. And the guy he's trading to, uh, team Buck Jordan is a pretty loaded team already. You know, and so if he could replace the guys in his lineup, like Deion Lewis and, and Scott with, you know, a, a Fournette and a Melvin Gordon, plus have the depth option in Edelman, he's that guy's ready to go. And I think he's actually the highest scoring guy in the league already. But he has, a I think, a bum loss on his record. So, I mean, he might be looking to catapult, catapult himself over the top, too. So I think I think it works for both sides.
1: Yeah, Dustin, what do you think of this one?
4: Yeah, I think if he can pull it off,
2: that would be fantastic. Um, Swift has lost a little bit of luster the last couple of weeks with how Peterson's been doing and not and not getting his work. I don't know that you will be able to get a first added to Swift um, for Melvin Gordon Fournette, especially with the Fournette news. Um, but I'd be happy to do it with a second as well, um, just because I like I like Swift a lot. I think he's going to be the future there. But like like we've talked about, don't be scared to add another piece on from your roster to get the deal done if you have to um i just know that a lot of people that took swift are are big believers in swift and i don't know that he'll you know he if he's really going to to give up a first with swift but you know if you sell a guy like russell gage who like has been performing the last couple weeks or even one of your tight ends you know give up a tight end premium you have hunter henry you have gasecki you have john new and you have kittle like you can give up Johnny Gasecki and you're never going to play any of those guys. And that just sweetens it a little bit more to, to get that deal done. I'd probably do Johnny because he's been performing the last couple of weeks. So, you know, you can get creative with it, but I love getting swift in the first for this team. Uh, Cause I think swift has a bright future. So swift and then a potential, another running back in the draft. And then you, you're right there. So, you know, Float the idea and don't be scared to add another little piece onto the to this deal, especially one of those tight ends, um, if it's going to help. But I, I love the premise of it.
1: Yeah, and as both these guys said to to, to defend their trades, they uh, they came up with these trades before that Fournette news that we talked about in the middle of the show, and they were very right to believe that Fournette's going to take over that backfield from Ronald Jones. So, uh, <laughs> and, and and again with Swift not scoring. Uh, I mean, especially if you if the Fournette news hadn't broke, it makes a lot of sense with
3: with that trade.
1: Um, the, the, like Jay said, that guy's loaded. So to get two running backs that he could expect to to probably score more than Swift in twenty twenty, and, and in a .5 point points per carry too, uh, especially with Melvin for Melvin Gordon more so than Fournette, that that just elevates that those running backs so. Much. I mean, the the, the Daryl Henderson trade we were talking about earlier is in a point two five point per carry league. And that elevates them a lot. There, I mean, the, the the value compared to wide receivers is kind of ridiculous. So uh, I, I like all three trades we came up with. So, but uh, I guess that's going to do it for this show. That's the last trade we have. And uh, just uh, we we'll just want to thank you guys for coming on, uh, Jay and Nick. I guess if you guys just want to uh, remind everybody again what your Twitter handles are, and uh, Jay, uh, want to just go ahead and give that.
4: Sure. You can find me uh, on Twitter at FF briefcase and Nick.
3: Yep. You can find me at Nick Martinez, B R
1: and uh, me and Dustin are at dynasty FF addict and at dynasty junkie FF. uh, And the pod is at dynasty junkies, uh, the DAP network DAP at DAP underscore network. And as always, uh, if you like what you heard, please give a subscribe rate and review to both us and the depth network. It really helps us out. We really appreciate it. Let us know what you think in the reviews. If there's anything else you'd like to see us do or do better, that definitely will help out the pod. And uh, we really appreciate everybody listening. We'll be back next week. Junkies out.